Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Rotoworld Football Podcast, otherwise known as the Tell One Friend Podcast. Yes, tell one friend if you enjoy it. My name is Josh Norris. Thanks for being here. Preseason football is in full swing. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 16 games. You know I love preseason football. It matters. It can give us an edge. So this is how the week is going to go. Today, we'll hit on some news. Then we'll look at the Thursday slate, 11 games, along with John Daigle. Ask, plead, hope, anticipate the one thing that we want to see from the games this week. Then on Thursday, I'll be back with Ray Summerlin to, again, look at news, but also the five games that are on Friday and Saturday combined and do the exact same thing. So let's get started. And with that, I welcome in my pal, John Daigle. How are you? We're becoming too good of friends already, and it's just not even week one yet. Get used to it, sir. Uh, Daigle, let's hit on some news before we get to these 11 preseason games. Let's start with the Texans dumping Deontay Foreman, Daigle. Uh, there's a lot of Ds in there. Uh, this is a player who the Texans took as a mid-round pick who never got going towards Achilles and now just didn't seem to mesh and gel with Bill O'Brien. And now there's no clear backup running back for the Houston Texans behind Lamar Miller. Supposedly it is Crockett, the undrafted free agent, who was splitting reps with Foreman, goal line reps, I should say, in practice. And now, since Foreman's gone, that's supposedly his role. However, I think the value, as touted by Establish the Runs, which still sounds weird to say, Pat Thorman, um, I believe the value is actually still with Lamar Miller, like in that sixth, seventh round range. Like now we basically have no one proven who can take his role. Uh, like, yes. There are backups, like uh, your Taiwan Jones, who's going to play a third down role. But there's really no one to steal Lamar Miller's 200 carries. So again, perhaps more confident than ever, which sounds weird to say, I think we go into 2019 assuming Lamar Miller is like has one of the safest floors of any running back this year. And that is disgusting, I know, but I think it's true. But you're right. I mean, he's going as a sixth or seventh round selection. So if you want him on your team, you can get him, especially now if you're doing drafts, because you're just taking kind of a round ahead of his current ADP. Um, I I don't know if Lamar Miller, one, plays 16 games, but that's not something I tried to predict. But two, how good Lamar Miller still is. But if everything stays healthy, an improved offensive line, great weapons on the outside, at that cost of what Lamar Miller has added to your roster, it does make a lot of sense. And I should say that Dante Foreman has been added to the Indianapolis Colts, which adds a whole other wrinkle to that Colts backfield. But it just proves again, Daigle, that coming back from an Achilles tear at the running back position is practically mission impossible. Is it Dante or Deontay? We, you know what? I hit on both, I think, just to cover my bases. Okay. And so one of the two was correct. Let's move over to Damian Williams, the Kansas City Chiefs running back. He's been missing plenty of practices with a hamstring injury. Uh, normally, this would kind of be a cause for concern, wouldn't it, Daigle? Because this is a player that doesn't have a lot of pedigree. He doesn't have a lot of history as a starter. Yet, whenever reporters kind of ask Andy Reid or Eric Bieniemy about Damian Williams' status as the lead back, they say yes, and everyone else, including Carlos Hyde and whoever else is on that roster, is competing for the backup spot. So the thing is, we didn't have audio from this 
little snippet that Andy Reid came out with, but a reporter uh, in the know, Chiefs reporter, said he quote-unquote sounded frustrated when discussing Damian Williams' recent hamstring injury since Williams has missed pretty much all of training camp with it. However, it does sound like they have been happy with Carlos Hyde, who's been taking advantage of his reps that he's gotten as a backup running back. Although he's getting the reps, and Andy Reid historically has used a running back for 70-plus percent snap rate, like one running back and that's it, like Carlos Hyde doesn't catch passes. Like Carlos Hyde is also right. pretty much unproven. He's just a plotter. So he will get the opportunity, I guess, if Damian Williams does lose his job. But even then, like that doesn't seem like, despite the opportunity, like a guy that's actually going to win the job. Like it almost seems like you should bet on a guy on the streets right now, as opposed to Carlos Hyde. It's such a weird situation. So you're saying find the next Damian Williams other than this Damian Williams, basically. I'm saying draft Darwin Thompson in the 16th round no. and call it a day. All right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Let's keep it moving with Andrew Luck. I mean, a lot of these obviously are, are cuts and injuries, but that's what this time of year is. Andrew Luck has missed significant time with a calf strain. I mean, it dates all the way back to April. Now he's not doing anything. Like he's completely removed from practice. Dago, it's obviously not something that we have to see Andrew Luck in preseason game number one, number two, I guess even number three. But one, we don't know what this calf injury really is. We're no doctors. And two, we are relying on Andrew Luck to maybe be a top three to four quarterback and be the engine that makes the entire Colts offense works. Are, are you at all concerned about this lingering issue that he just can't get over? I am 5% concerned right now. Oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Now we haven't hit like extreme concern just yet. I mean, remember this is one season after we dealt with this same, we're moving him along slowly process last year. And that was for a shoulder. shoulder. Yes, yep. exactly. Which is much more concerning than a calf. Um, so perhaps like if it lingers around, I would say another two weeks, then maybe we start backing him out. But right now I would still say he's like an unequivocal top four option. Don't you think? Yeah, no, I do. And I'm still drafting Marlon Mack. I'm still drafting T.Y. Hilton. Heck, Absolutely. I'm still drafting Devin Funches because I'm a crazy person. Uh, so I'm, I'm totally with you. I guess it's just the time of year, though, where we think that, OK, the season's around the corner, but it's really a full month away. Totally understand. But for now, I say you just full path ahead. You just keep on going forward. Uh, Andrew Luck, the Colts offense. And then in, I would say two and a half weeks or so. If Andrew Luck is still not even practicing at all and they still say yeah. they're moving him along slowly, that's when you back off your T.Y. Hiltons and everyone else. Because Hilton especially, we obviously have seen him without luck, and it is not pretty at all. Let's go to the Arizona Cardinals. Dago, this is a team that drafted three wide receivers this past spring, this past April. And Andy Isabella had been drafted in many best ball leagues that I have been participating in. Uh, since then... Andy Isabella has seemingly dealt with a knee issue that has kept him out of some practices. We've heard nothing about Akeem Butler. And the sixth-round pick, Keyshawn Johnson, has been working as the number three wide receiver. It's important because we expect the Cardinals to lead the league probably in three wide receiver sets, and the team now has signed Michael Crabtree. Is this kind of a situation? I don't know how, what your interest is in Kurt, Christian Kirk. I don't even know what your interest is for Larry Fitzgerald, who I is fine just falling to me in drafts. But – to me, the preseason will be a great differentiator for the Cardinals wide receiver group. Yeah, and you're already taking my one thing to watch in Cardinals preseason games, by the well. way. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
it's going to be interesting just because it is extremely unofficial. Don't get me wrong. I don't believe it whatsoever. But despite Keyshawn Johnson sprinkling in to three wide receiver sets in, in the preseason and the training camp with the Cardinals, uh, Kevin White is still listed as the third starting receiver. And I understand it is our old friend Kevin White who has done absolutely nothing to this point in his career. But that often seems exhilarating enough and fast-paced enough to where like whoever ends up in three and four wide receiver sets is going to benefit. So I am still a believer in Andy Isabella. I am still drafting Isabella despite his injury over Keyshawn Johnson. But now it is enough to the point, like especially the way beat writers talk about him, they call him an alien the way he's performing right now. Like supposedly he looks the best player in Cardinals camp. So you should start sprinkling him in, especially in like in the 18 to 20th round of best ball leagues. Dago, before we get to this week's preseason games, let's – and I don't even want to spend more than like 30 seconds on the Hall of Fame game because there's really not much take from it, in my opinion. Was there any takeaways for you? No. I can't even tell if like this is an off-the-cuff question you're asking me or going to leave this in the podcast because the game was that bad. <laughs> like Everyone was so excited Good. for football to return, and football on Thursday evening was the worst we've ever seen it. So we do have, to me, actually, again, meaningful preseason games. I do want to tell you that this show is sponsored by NFL Game Pass. Dago and I are obsessed with preseason football. It is a massive edge, at least to me, for fantasy football. It's because you get to watch the rookies. You get to watch new play callers. You get to watch how the depth chart is unfolding right in front of you and really break out performers. NFL Game Pass allows you to watch every single out-of-market preseason game live. They also have post-event replays. So if you... There are like five, six, seven going on at one time. You can go back the next day, the next morning. For me, that's Saturday morning. And then watch the games over again. The best way to go and get your seven-day free trial is to sign up at gamepass.nfl.com slash rotoworld. Again, that's a seven-day free trial. You can watch all of this week's games that we're about to talk about at gamepass.nfl.com slash rotoworld. Diggle, the one thing we want to see from New York Jets for the New York Giants is? It's going to be Daniel Jones, right? Like, they took him in the top six. We have to watch him play, and we have to see what the hype is about. Because from what I've seen on the NFL Network, it has involved both a bunch of fullback dump-offs and some sensational deep yard passes to running backs. I don't know why they're suddenly getting Paul Perkins out along the sidelines, but hey, let's see <laughs> it. Vertical routes. <laughs> let's see it. I'm, I'm here for this. So uh, to me, it is Daniel Jones in his debut. To me, it's just how soon can Daniel Jones push Eli Manning? Because we see some rookie quarterbacks come in as the second quarterbacks on the depth chart when the preseason starts and the preseason ends, and then they're number one passer. We've seen it with Cam Newton. We saw it with Carson Wentz. We've seen it as a number of others. I mean, Deshaun Kaiser was an example of that. So if Daniel Jones can start his campaign to be the starter in, honestly, 2019, even in this first preseason game against the Jets. Let's move to the Colts versus the Bills. Daigle. It's the Bills' backfield. I mean, we have a third-round rookie in Devin Singletary who's fighting up the list and who is supposedly beating out LaShawn McCoy and Frank Gore every day in training camp. So if he can somehow get a lot of reps in the preseason and show and develop as we go move into week one, like that's a very big deal because that guy could potentially start. Um, and, you know, maybe if LaShawn McCoy isn't cut, he splits reps, but he's still someone absolutely worth drafting if he wins outright starting role. Totally with you. I would have said Paris Campbell if Paris Campbell was healthy, and it seems like he most likely will miss this week. He's been held out of practice lately. Um, but – 
the Bills' backfield is, is one to watch for. We know how much this team wants to run and then throw vertical passes. Uh, we know they have LaShawn McCoy. He's falling in drafts. Frank Gore is going undrafted. TJ Yeldon, they brought in as well, but he's going undrafted. Devin Singletary might be the pick to invest in. And that pick is what, somewhere around 9, 10, 11, if not later. But by the way, Joe Biscaglia, the athletic Bills writer who does fantastic work, recently wrote just a Monday morning, actually, that TJ Yeldon is pretty much on the brink of getting cut. He's performed so poorly. And TJ yeah. Yeldon is actually the only threat to Devin Singletary's pass-catching work. So if Yeldon is cut as well and performing poorly, that boosts Singletary even more. Let's go to Jacksonville versus the Ravens. I want to see the young Baltimore receivers fly. That's Miles Boykin. That's Marquise Brown, who has set out of practice a little bit lately. Uh, the issue in letting them fly is really who's throwing to them. Maybe we see a Lamar Jackson take a little bit of next step, but we won't see much of Lamar Jackson the preseason. We know that RG3 is hurt, so he's not going to play in this game. So is Trace McSorley going to throw downfield to two of the most athletic receivers in the NFL, to Miles Boykin and Marquise Brown? I'm a little sad, but again, I do want to see two of my favorite prospects this past April perform in their first game. I want to see, on the other hand, the Jags wide receivers fly. I'll even take a tight end flying, oh. to be honest, but they don't really have any to fly a tight end, so don't don't worry about that part. Supposedly, it is D.D. Westbrook, D.J. Shark, and Chris Conley ahead at three wide receiver sets for Jacksonville, and a wide gap, quote-unquote, in between the next set. And obviously, they have Terrell Pryor, who's very exciting. They have Keelan Cole, who has still, who has, don't laugh at Terrell Pryor, he's a good player. I'm still convinced he's a good player. The entire NFL disagrees, but okay. <laughs> and uh, Keelan Cole, who I'm also convinced is a good player. But these are guys who have honestly spoiled their reputation already in the league. And so now we get them in preseason games. So I would like to see if they could at least compete. Because I still think they're better than DJ Shark. I mean, the ja- Jacksonville obviously disagrees. But I would like to see them compete and show uh, actual competency in a preseason game. Please. I legit could not care less about wide receivers <laughs> attached to Nick Foles. Like, I do not care. Whenever I go in the wide receiver tab of best ball leagues and a Jacksonville wide receiver like D.D. Westbrook props up, I am. it's just – I don't even look at it. It doesn't even register in my brain. I'm not going to have any shares of any pass catcher on the J- Jacksonville Jaguars this season. I feel like you're missing out on D.D. Westbrook. Like I think no. that's the, I think that's the only one to own. I do want to say that the Peter King podcast, he will have an interview with Jalen Ramsey on his show this week. That's definitely one to check out. Again, you can check out Peter King's podcast, which is on the NBC Sports Network. Go and subscribe to that one as well. Tennessee versus Philadelphia, the Titans versus the Eagles. I know that Miles Sanders has missed a little bit of practice time, Daigle, but when he's in. He has flashed. He is the jump cut king. And I want to see the young rookie running back uh, perform in his first preseason game. And I think it helps him, Daigle, that the Eagles probably have the deepest offensive line in the NFL. And we know once the second stringers, the third stringers jump in um, into preseason action, offenses can fall apart. But I bet the Eagles offense might put up the most points throughout the preseason just in the four games combined just because of how deep that offense is. Do you think they let Dillard play with the starters or are they going to bring him in with the second string? That's a good question. I think that Jason Peters might not play a single down in the preseason. And so Andre Dillard would then step in at left tackle. Oh, that, sure. that team is too good. That team is too stacked. Well, speaking of that, boy, am I excited to watch J.J. Arcega Whiteside this preseason. Oh, yeah. Who um, I would even pick. I don't mention preseason DFS much on this podcast just because, one, I play. And two, 
the whole point about DFS, it's like make your own decisions. It's a lot more fun that way. And I just hint at personnel and players I like. Arcega Whiteside seems to me like the guy we're talking about in four weeks at preseason's end. Like, I think he is too hmm. good to be matched against second stringers. I like it. And on the preseason DFS train, again, I would continue to load up on Eagles because you have depth and you have quarterbacks with experience. And I think that absolutely matters in preseason DFS. Let's move on to the Falcons and the Dolphins. Dago, what you got? I'm actually really excited to watch Preston Williams this preseason. One, but mostly because, well, one, he's a huge receiver. 6'5", 218, undrafted prospect, by the way. But he doesn't really have much opportunity among the, or he doesn't have much competition, I should say, among the Dolphins' wideouts. Like, he has to beat out a one-year deal of Devontae Parker, and that's about it, who is only good in training camp and preseason, as we know. So that is someone who they have talked about consistently at Dolphins camp, just surging up the depth chart, and who has outplayed Bryce Butler thus far, and Bryce Butler was just a second string. So Preston Williams has already made his way as an undrafted free agent to that role. So like, I am really excited to get hit to see him connect with Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen is it for me. This is the season where Miami obviously needs to find out if they got a franchise quarterback at a discount value with a minimal contract. And that is Josh Rosen. He had a great scrimmage last weekend. I'm not saying like it's even likely he is a franchise quarterback, but they need to find out, right? And it starts in the preseason. Sure, he might not start He might work behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. Who knows? He's going to play at some point this season. But if he wants to claim that starting job, it's going to start in this first game. Also, Daigle, I actually want to see if Mike Kosicki has learned how to play football or not. That's a big one. Oh, that's a really big one, especially since he bulked up and now he's still apparently getting run over like he was last year in blocking. Like if he actually comes out and is the four stringer, as we've heard, it's going to be disappointing. (laughs) I think that's the best word for it. Patriots against the Lions. Aren't the Lions trying to be the Patriots in so many ways? Uh, This one's obvious. Nikhil Harry versus Jacoby Myers versus Maurice Harris and whoever else. Everyone but the first round rookie at wide receiver has basically generated positive buzz. We've seen it with Jacoby Myers of late. We saw it from Maurice Maurice Harris about a week ago. Uh, Nikhil Harry has been complimented on his blocking. That's never what you want to hear from a wide receiver. You want to hear pass catching first, then blocking second. Yeah, and along those same lines, like I am interested in the guy throwing to them because for the preseason DFSers out there, we have Tom Brady, we have Brian Hoyer, who if you need to evaluate Brian Hoyer at this stage of his career, then you should probably just get another job. And you have Jared Stidham. Please, Josh, tell us your evaluation of Stidham. Well, he's not good. Really? You like, are, it's, it's a simple evaluation. Actually, like you're one of the few I've heard say that. Uh, a blanket statement is if he's drafted outside of round two, he's not good. Okay, that's fair. You'd be correct 85% of the time. That is fair, but whether you like it or not, Danny Etling moved to receiver, so we're getting nothing but Stidham. So get excited. Redskins versus the Browns. I want to see if Dwayne Haskins has that young rookie starter aura around him because he's competing with two veterans in Colt McCoy and Case Keenum. I haven't seen, I haven't heard much of Dwayne Haskins hype. It's pretty much only when he's throwing to Terry McLaurin. But we know that this team has a need at the quarterback position. And I just want to see if he has that young emerging aura, again, much like with Daniel Jones at the top, that can they claim that starting quarterback role immediately following preseason. And that starts in week one. You're right. There hasn't been much hype. Uh, I believe Colt McCoy is still starting supposedly right now for them. But I am more or less excited, especially since you took my player to talk about, 
I will pivot and I will say uh, Antonio Callaway because Antonio Callaway okay. right now is being used at third string. Like he's consistently being used behind Rashad Higgins, uh, Damian Ratley, and a few other Cleveland receivers. So I would imagine he's going to play quite a bit. And that is a Callaway is like a true standout talent who was good for two boneheaded plays a week last year, but still consistently made plays and proved he's an NFL receiver. So I am really curious if they're going to trot him out against third stringers. And like, what does that even do? So I will be watching him closely. My friend Chris Sims is on the road at Brown's camp this week. Uh, he will have interviews mm. at Brown's camp. Interesting. So go and subscribe to Chris Sims Unbuttoned. Again, wherever you find your podcast should be good. Uh, the Houston Texans and the Green Bay Packers. We have a little taste of the Texans. Is there anything that stands out to you about the Packers instead? Yeah, I'll actually go Packers since I know you're going to take the Texans running backs. It yep. is, <laughs> as our old friend Evan Silva quoted, or coined, I should say, it is a Tim DeGeff Boyle who consistently was one of the highest attempted, the highest number of passes, 20-plus yards downfield in preseason last year, mostly to Jake Kumaro yep. and uh, Equinemius St. Brown. Green Bay now has four quarterbacks, so we won't get him as much, even though uh, we'll see if Aaron Rodgers plays or not. I don't think he would. But either way, Tim Boyle is actually a guy you tune into. He makes preseason fun because he is fighting for his life every single time he's on the field. Those moonshots down the field. He throws them, man. Oh, they're so sexy. The Houston backfield is absolutely something to watch. And we talked about the top, so I don't need to go through the names. But Deontay Foreman, gone. We know who Lamar Miller is. There is going to be another player on the Houston Texans this season that probably sees over 100 carries. We don't know who that is right now, and that can be meaningful. And if Lamar Miller is hurt, someone's going to see 200 touches, right? And we don't know who that is. Let's find that out this week. Carolina Panthers versus... The Chicago Bears. This is a simple one, Daigle. How good does David Montgomery look? This is a player they traded up for. This is a player that they already have Tariq Cohen and Mike Davis on the roster. David Montgomery has been a bowling ball in training camp, just breaking tackles. He has great balance. He's being used in the passing game as well. I want to see how the rookie running back out of Iowa State looks against the Carolina Panthers defense, which should have some depth to it. And you will because – it is actually a Roto World blurb. Matt Nagy said he's actually going to give David Montgomery, quote unquote, a lot of reps in the preseason because they need to see what he can do. So uh, get excited because we're seeing a potential starter on Thursday play, I would imagine, quite a few reps for preseason. Now's a good time to plug the Roto World NFL draft guide and not just the draft guide, but basically the season pass. And the all-in package. The all-in package gives you the draft guide, the season pass, the draft master, and the DFS toolkit. It's usually listed at $129.99. I'm giving it to you for $99.99. All you have to do is when you are at checkout, type in Rotopod. That's R-O-T-O-P-O-D. And a little life hack here. The DFS toolkit on its own is $99.99. If you just want that, you can get the rest for free. Again, $30 off this $129 value of the all-in package draft guide season pass that will help you all season long. The draft master for your actual draft. And again, the DFS toolkit. Just as you're checking out for the all-in package, type in Rotopod. Two more left, Daigle. This one is the Broncos, who are also in the Hall of Fame game. RIP Drew Locke. And the Seattle Seahawks. Who sticks out to you in this? I mean, it's Seattle drafted three rookie receivers. Yep. Like we have to see them play. Uh, DK Metcalf supposedly is going to play, not 100% yet, but I believe he's going to be on the field. 
John Ursua quietly tore up Hawaii, so I am excited to see how much slot run he gets and if he dominates against third and fourth stringers. And um, obviously West Virginia's Gary Jennings, who was a very explosive player in college. Plus undrafted free agent Jazz Ferguson has made a lot of noise at camp. So that's four wide receivers right there. I'm pretty excited to watch play out. I'm totally with you. I absolutely love Tyler Lockett in drafts because we know who he is. And I think he can just step into the Doug Baldwin role and be fantastic. But listed above or next to him right now, it's David Moore and Jerron Brown. We know a little bit about David Moore. Jerron Brown has been iffy kind of throughout his career. And DK Metcalf has made some plays, as you mentioned. It certainly seems like every time he's on the field, Russell Wilson wants to throw to him. He wants to work with him. Hopefully the injury that he's dealing with is over. And a quick note on John Ursua, the the Seahawks thought he was one of the best slot receivers in the entire draft. I personally think, and you might agree, that Tyler Lockett probably locks down that role in what runs the slot snaps 60 to 70% of the time. Um, But it'll be interesting to see what Ursua does this preseason. Because this team, I mean, maybe more than any other, the Seahawks reward competition. They reward good preseason action. I mean, Chris Carson is a great example of this. So... If one of these three, if one really stands out other than Tyler Lockett, they will absolutely see game action early on. Well, not just Chris Carson. I mean, look at their quarterback. <laughs> like, totally. He's the one who won the, the biggest preseason competition. So, yes, you are absolutely correct. Let's go and finish with the Chargers versus the Cardinals. It's the Cardinals offense, clearly. Even though Kingsbury did come out and say like they're going to be as vanilla as possible and they're not going to unveil anything, I think it still might be actually actionable if Kevin White starts over Johnson. I don't think we'll see Isabella just yet. But um, not only that, but I still am very excited to watch Akeem Butler play against second and third stringers uh, because I think he can stand out, especially because he's at a rapport with Cardinals third stringer Drew Anderson, who's apparently a uh, like a nifty running quarterback as well. So I am excited to watch them connect and mostly Akeem Butler to hopefully dominate and be what we initially evaluated him to be. I don't think we see anything that is new or creative or to hang our hat on or to answer any questions from this Cardinals offense until week one. Like it would be in their benefit to have some level of surprise in the first four weeks of the season. So I bet we see extremely vanilla. I bet we see Kyler Murray under center, single back, two tight ends, two wide receivers. We're not going to see very much, in my opinion, this this preseason, which is, you know, a little um, anticlimactic might be the right word here with the Cardinals offense. But at least we get to see a lot of new and young, especially rookies, play for the Cardinals. That, that should be a lot of fun to watch. Um, all right, Daigle, we did it. It's 11 games there on the Thursday slate. Uh, I'll be back this Thursday, the morning of, with a five-game preview plus news with Ray Summerlin. So be sure to check that out. Also, next week, next Tuesday, live draft with me, Daigle, Pat, uh, Scott Pianowski, Andy Barons, and a whole lot more. You'll have that live draft on video next Tuesday. So be on the look for that. All right, Daigle, thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. And for everyone out there, talk to you on Thursday. See ya.